0: Hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast, wanted to just delve into all the ongoings, the kind of uh, post-Trump era kind of gathering of evidence of all the craziness that happened in that whirlwind four years, five years there. A lot happened, and, uh, you know, that's one of the things about history, is you get to kind of go back and look through the records and kind of, you know, really delve into things and kind of really, you know, spend weeks and months investigating what happened on one specific day, you know, what led up to that, who were all the people involved, and so there's a lot of that going on right now, you know, a, well over a year after lost election and so hopefully it's the wind down of the Trump era Uh, how long though does uh, one of the two options for political representation in this country stick with that man and align itself fully with his values and his principles and such you know how, how long does that continue When does the shit finally hit the fan for the Republican Party, um, who alienated a majority of the voters, including probably even a fair number of lifelong Republicans over the last few years, because they, well, you know, they they picked Donald John Trump twice to be President of the United States. He's not even a Republican. He just pretended to be one in order to get the nomination. He'd run as a Democrat many times. And even as a reformed party candidate way back in the early 90s, but he lost that nomination to Pat Buchanan. You know, 2016 was not his first time running for president. It was not his first rodeo. But it was first time running as a Republican. He would run a couple times as Democrat and reformed. I'm pretty sure it was his first time as a Republican. Yeah, he, he kind of switches his political legions as the wind blows. I think he even went Democrat-Republican back to Democrat, back to Republican again or something like that. Like, he's, he's bounced around over the years. Who he is as a person has stayed pretty much exactly the same. But he'll, he'll bend and contort however you need him. Uh, he'll tell you whatever you need to hear if that's what it'll take to gain your confidence. He's called a confidence man. So he says things to gain your confidence. Yeah, so that you'll trust him and believe him. And then you'll give him money or power or whatever. And then he'll use that money and power to enrich himself and to have a good time and to live a lavish lifestyle. And then also he'll, when he was president, he used various powers that he had to try to hold on to power. Um. So that he could, you know, maintain the life that he was becoming accustomed to. He liked having that power and being the center of attention. Yeah. And, and that that's it. Uh, did he have really any big ambitions of making America great? Uh, sure, America would be great if he's allowed to do whatever he wants and, you know, can have fun and, and no one's ever there to stop him. And there's no consequences ever for his actions. You would definitely find that to be a great country. What's the poverty rate? What's the unemployment rate? What's our climate look like? Who cares about those things? That's not really what he's worried about. When he says make America great again, he he means, like, him. You know, there was a time in his life when he was... People act... I don't know if I would say it was universal respect or anything, but there was a, like this broad appeal in the guy, you know, he, he was definitely the center of attention, but it was like this thinly veiled mirage. It, it, it was like smoke and mirrors, but you could easily see the smoke machine, you, you know, like you could see like tape on the mirrors and cracks in the mirrors and stuff, you know, it, It was a smoke-and-mirror show but wasn't put on very well it's pretty easy to see that the entire Trump mirage was a mirage you know and that the way I was processing the so his story as it was going on over the last several decades was just as that like this this is a guy who's famous but he's what not to be you know he's 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 not actually good and sometimes journalists will kind of try their best to make it clear while still being impartial and why they had to be impartial with him, you know, cuz he wasn't really a political figure, ever, or at least not a respected one. But that's where we are though. We're still we're at this precarious situation where over a year after one of the two organizations for the second time nominated this famous con man guy after he was impeached twice and abused his power, will probably go down as one of the worst presidents in our country's history, an extremely divisive Unprofessional man who spent massive time just golfing and break, you know, thankful that he's lazy and stupid because he could have done some pretty, pretty bad stuff uh, with all that power. But uh, those four years were bad enough. But two options, and one of those options is still, for by and large, sticking with that guy, and to the point of that's their entire message. You know, there's there's new Republican candidates entering the race, and that's their platform. The 2020 election was stolen, and and that's it. And that's that's kind of what they're, you know, hitch their wagon to or whatever. That that that's their entire. That's the foundation of their campaign. So right off the bat, most people. It, especially not in their district and stuff are, are not going to be into them. You're going Im- to immediately alienate the majority. Donald Trump lost the popular vote by 6 or 7 million or so. It wasn't really close. He did really well. Amazing that he got 71 million votes. That's insane. How did he get so many? That isn't that's crazy. You know, after being one of the worst presidents ever, divisive and 71 million just saw it in a different way they saw his four years in just a different way you know yeah there's more division and violence and yeah our standing in the world is collapsing but maybe that's what they were wanting they were wanting a, a, a sort of collapse of the thing and then and then to start over or something I'm, I'm not really sure I, I don't know if you ask them you're gonna get a lot of different answers you, you know a lot of different answers. They're all over the place as to the justification for voting for Trump in 2020. There's many, many, many different reasons and some of them kind of almost contradict each other. So it's... It is what it is. But, thankfully, he did lose. You know? Like, we we avoided that. You know? He stirred the pot. A lot of people probably never voted before, got into it. But... You know, that, that's the thing, the, the whole fraudulent claims, you know, he was claiming prior to 2020 election that there was going to be fraud, and he was, if he lost, he was going to contest the election. Now, if he had won, all the votes were fair. That's what, you know, we all know that. That's how it would have went. If he had won, it was a free and fair election. If he lost, he was going to compl- claim fraud. He declared that prior to the thing. We know that's what he was going to do, and we know that's why he declared fraud, because he lost. Not because there was fraud, but because he lost. He wouldn't have claimed fraud if he had won. We, we know that. Okay, we, we've we known the man for several decades now. It's not like we got to stop pretending like he, he has these grandiose, noble ambitions. He, he doesn't, <laughs> you know. He just wants to hold on to power because he likes being powerful He likes being the center of attention and if it seems like it's really simplifying it well it, it's because it, it, it is what he is you know it's not a political view you know he, he's not a, he's not someone to aspire to and that was kind of like it it always seemed to me that's like why he was famous you know, some people are allowed to do kind of whatever they want without any consequences at all. And, you know, and those are the people that are born into the affluent class. You can screw up all the time and just kind of be almost be famous for being a screw up, and, and, it, and it doesn't really matter. You know, you're always going to be wealthy. So here's the thing Donald Trump did inherit $400 million in today's dollar. From his father. His father set up a trust fund for Donnie when he was this little small boy. By the time he was eight years old he was already a millionaire. So he inherited a the equivalent of 400 million dollars in today's dollars. Here's what you do if you inherit that much. invest 50 million into a annuity. That earns a modest three to four percent interest. That that annuity is going to be your living allowance for the rest of your life. You'll be able to pay yourself easily, say twenty thousand dollars a month, forever. It'll never run out. Don't worry. And that's your living allowance. You know how how you want to live your life and all that. Well, y- you got plenty of money to live to live comfortably. Certainly, twenty thousand dollars a month is more than what most people make. No, you're not going to be the wealthiest person off of that salary, so maybe it'll motivate you to go do something. But either way, you're going to have $20,000 a month coming to you regardless of whether you're doing anything, and that's forever. Okay? And that, that's it. That's a good, comfortable living, especially for doing nothing. You now, best part? That was only a quarter of what you inherited. Well, I know, an eighth. <laughs> Sorry. You inherited 400000000 million. We're only going to invest $50 million. Now the other 350 million since you already got your got a basic lifestyle maintained in perpetuity regardless of whether you're working or not ever and this is money that was just given to you you obviously don't need that other 350 million cuz you're already set for life you got you know you certainly could get a job and earn more money and stuff but you're going to want to you know get it on your own so the other 350 million you're going to invest that in various philanthropic endeavors Yeah, so you're not going to earn money off of those Uh, It's going to be just directly philanthropic investments investments in youth programs Music programs after school programs stuff like that around the country in urban and rural areas 350 million can go a long way in that particular arena. So Those investments help uh, future generations, you know and a lot of that kind of stuff kind of a better springboard for future generations you Get get to live comfortably for the rest rest of your life regardless of whether you ever work a, a day in your life or not You did something good You know and you you don't necessarily have to ever work Now obviously Donald John Trump went in a much different direction he inherited four hundred million dollars and then uh, He renovated a hockey rink. He renovated a hotel and then he uh, Started up a series of uh, business ventures that failed one after another. A lot of big, colossal failures, horrible ideas, mismanagement. Uh, you know, just. And then, <clears throat> in some cases, pretty blatant, uh, almost criminal activity. And uh, currently, there are investigations into the, if it was indeed criminal activity. My personal opinion, I think that the Trump Organization most likely, history will find out, was indeed a family-run crime syndicate that operated in full public view for decades around the world. And the Trump Tower and the Trump Organization, big buildings with the word Trump at the top, was sort of like a a not-so-subtle flag to various money-laundering interested crime syndicates around the world to, hey, this is a place that's cool with that sort of thing. You know, sort of like, you know, bank or, you know, just a, yeah, I don't know, a safe place for those types of people, you know, you you can do what you need to do here, and uh, they ain't gonna be looking too close, if at all, you know, that type of thing, and there's a lot of that, that's the thing with the Trump story, there's just so, there's just so much that, How people have just been able to ignore all of it, it's, uh, well, it sucks, you know. He was one of the worst among us, you know. know, He he was not our best. He was not one of our 10,000 best. He was one of our worst. In fact, in the mid-80s, he was literally the worst businessman in all of America. He lost more money than anyone. He lost so much money in some years that he was able to avoid paying taxes for decades because he was such a bad businessman. Bankrupting companies does not make you a good businessman. It makes you a bad businessman. I don't know how he was able to get away with claiming to be a good businessman when he bankrupts companies. So crazy. The reason I talk about Trump so much really delve into that insane weird character because he is the guy the Republican Party picked, and they are the organization that is one of two options, and that's it. The other thing with the Republican Party, it's it's not just Donald Trump. It's uh, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Jim Jordan, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Matt Gates, Ted Gozar, Gomer, Lindsey Graham. Those are the leaders of the organization. Those people, their ethics, their code of conduct, how they conduct themselves in public, okay? that is the Republican organization. Th- those are the values you are voting for, those people. Okay? Government is people. You know. They can spout out stuff all the time. Oh, we are a small government fiscal conservatism. <laughs> Whatever your thoughts are on abortion, uh, a government that is going to punish people for getting a medical procedure is big government. It, w- whatever your thoughts are on cannabis, <laughs> a government that punishes people for growing, selling, or simply having in their possession a certain type of plant is big government. A government that caters to the interests of the wealthy while not taking care of basic expenses like hospitals and schools and pay, you know, taking care of roads and bridges and basic infrastructure and stuff while spending massive amounts of time and energy making sure that the wealthiest people pay less in taxes. Yeah, that's big government. You know, that, that, that's a, it, it's like a bureaucratic sort of meddling government that's sort of purposely making things difficult just because they're so focused on making sure that the people who already have it the best can have it even better. Why would the wealthy ever get a tax cut? Why is that a thing? You know? Like, there's other shit that we not need to kind of focus on in this country before we worry about millionaires and billionaires being allowed to have more money. That's... But that's what they did. You know? And they were very proud of it. They were excited about it. They celebrated the fact that they signed a tax bill back in 2017 that cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations, you know? How does that benefit us? You like small government, fiscal conservatism? Yeah, so do I, (laughs) you know? I like it small, small and focused. I don't need you worrying about every little little thing that's going on in our lives, but other hospitals and schools, you know, let's make sure those are funded properly. You know, so if people get sick, need health care, they can go get it. Okay. What about that middleman guy that's charging a fee for that service and then using a huge portion of that fee to fund a lavish lifestyle for this affluent class? Um, y- Well, yeah, for funding hospitals and schools directly, you know, the hospitals directly, that middleman guy... Yeah, he's probably not going to make as much money anymore. Yeah, tough for him. You're going to have to get a new job, health insurance executive guy. Bummer. Yeah, some of those health insurance companies are just not going to be relevant anymore if you fund hospitals directly and just have hospitals, you know, and have them appropriately staffed and such so that when people get sick, they can go to those places and get healed. I know it sounds really basic. Yeah, and that was that is a benefit of Trump. He's really stupid. You know, very stupid. That It's not really an opinion. <laughs> he he's an extremely unintelligent person. Yes, he went to an Ivy League school. His father was wealthy. He paid money to that school so Donnie could get in. He doesn't read much. Nope. He did not write the book art of the deal. No, sorry. He's the subject of the book. Um, Tony Schwartz wrote Art of the Deal. Yeah, and interviewed Donald Trump to write that book. Yeah, but Donald Trump claimed credit for writing it, but he, he didn't. So, as far as fiscal conservatism, well, what happened? When the Republicans cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Well, well, the they created a budget deficit, of course. Yeah. We're bringing in less money now. Yep. So that, so that means we need to cut entitlements. And that's what Mitch McConnell refers to. Things like social security, health care, public education, infrastructure investment. Those are entitlements. Investing in the foundation. Yeah. What happens when you don't invest in the foundation year after year after year after year after year, decade after decade, while continuing to invest in the already wealthy? Well, yeah, <laughs> kind of get where we are now, where it's, it's a system kind of slowly crumbling, trying to repair itself on the fly, but not having adequate resources to really do it. You know, y- you have to invest in infrastructure. It's not really an option to not do that. Yeah, otherwise, the system collapses, you know, the electric grid fails, power grid fails, roads get piles in and stuff and sinkholes, bridges collapsing. Like, you have to maintain the infrastructure that you built. That's part of maintaining and preserving the republic, infrastructure. Now, it's not real exciting stuff, it's kind of a real conservative approach to, to focus on real basic kind of mundane kind of things like making sure cities have proper sewage plants and stuff, water treatment facilities. It's not real sexy stuff, but you, you have to do that. Make sure that people have access to clean drinking water. It's a real conservative nuts and bolts kind of let's start at the basics kind of stuff. We're human beings. What do we need to survive? Yeah. What about transgender bathrooms? What? We, well, there's Latinos coming here and they're speaking Spanish. Whoa, 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 that's that's called getting sidetracked. That's called not focusing on the basics. Let's get back down to the basics, the small stuff, the nuts and bolts kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, worrying about whether who's who's getting married to who and what language people are speaking in this country and stuff and where their parents are from and all that. Whoa, you know, that's not really... That's getting kind of sidetracked, you know. That's that's not really relevant, you know. What we need to be focusing on, if you're small government, is the basics, you know. When people get sick, do they have a place to go to get healed? Are Are the roads paved and well-maintained, the electric grid, you know? How we get power are we are we pursuing the most efficient way to get power regardless of what companies are relying on particular you know energy sources and which ones they're creating we as a society have to have to look into the ones that are the best for us as a society not necessarily the ones that are best for certain sectors of the economy so yes coal barons would very much love us to keep burning coal and they're gonna spend massive amounts on marketing to make us think that's the only way to do it Including messaging on solar is bad and stuff and all kinds of things, you know But we as a society have have the right to kind of we decide what is in our best interest, you know, and it's certainly To at least give a shit about you know climate change and stuff. That's real. It's happening you can pretend like it's not but Yeah, (laughs) this little tiny planet in the middle of the big vast universe, you know, there's nowhere else for us to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand how people would not think that pouring massive amounts of chemicals into the air and the water and the ground would not have some kind of effect. Like, how, how do you even get there? To not thinking it would, you know. It's kind of just kind of crazy, you know. I don't. Of course, it's going to affect you. It, like life cycle, and all I mean, we're all interconnected. It's just one tiny. It, it's big to us because you know we're such tiny people. This planet is a tiny little speck in the universe. There's nowhere else for us to go, and we are all interconnected on this place. So we have to treat it better. So I would love a government that is small and focused. It's focused more on, you know, basic protection, and that includes health care and education and stuff. People who are educated and healthy have a little bit more protection too. There's other ways of protecting. When I sold health insurance, we did call it protection. So protection doesn't just include military and stuff like that. And I think with military. We gotta rein that in a little bit. We got a big, massive sort of which Dwight D Eisenhower Republican referred to as the military-industrial complex all kinds of businesses and uh, interconnected machinery and destruction and such that's uh, powerful and big and uh, capable of quite a lot of destruction it would be nice if they can uh, use more of their capabilities for other things besides just starting up wars and stuff military has a wide array of skill sets beyond just fighting wars you know and it'd be nice if they could use more of their skill sets to address some of the issues right here in this country as far as like repair and stuff and and like fixing things and uh uh, solving certain logistical matters on food and water and getting to certain places and such and Military have a lot of uh, capabilities in that arena that uh, should be used better. I think it would help with military morale, too, if they were engaged more in, uh, I, I don't know, ho- holistic humanitarian aid type things, you know, and they're not just always patrolling with guns and stuff and, uh, you know, looking for some entanglement to get involved in. We gotta stop these big massive deployments to places. But understanding that, you know, there are still to this day certain kind of authoritarian type regimes. We almost became one. If we had re-elected Trump, who knows? That would certainly be a certain I'm sure he would have taken it as a certain mandate to just kinda to go full tilt, you know. Who knows? And I'm sure many of his lackeys would have certainly felt <laughs> in that way. Uh, there was already, you know, there are stories about, uh, you know, divisions in the military. Of course, you're going to see. I mean, if, if someone's serving in the military and they're a devout Trump supporter, that's going to be a problem, obviously, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump was not, when he was serving as commander-in-chief in the United States military, he was not in that post in the capacity to defend the interest. Of the United States of America. He was purely defending Donald John Trump's interests. That's what he viewed his post as. And in fact, he was willing to risk national security for his own personal betterment. Yeah, and really, worst part too, just a sort of. He was willing to risk national security just to kind of gain some. Like gossip, basically, made up gossip, like he held off military aid to a country that was under attack from Russia, an ally of ours, the Ukraine was under attack from Russia, and uh, he held up aid so that uh until you know so the President of Ukraine could basically make up some gossip about Joe Biden. It's crazy, It's crazy that he got away with that. Republican Party was unable to say that was wrong. You can't do that. You can't use your post as president to try and extort political favors. It's obviously wrong. And that was like, how long do we have to put up with this crap, you know? Like, why did they pick that guy? It was their turn to win in 2016. And then they picked Donald Trump, game show host at the time. You know, I... I personally think that a lot of the Republican leadership just knows that the walls are closing in. Uh, the majority of the country does not support the Republican Party. Even a lot of lifelong Republicans are getting kind of, you know, they're they're having trouble sticking with it. They can't go Democrat, but there's two options. You're presented two. What are you supposed to do? Well, my recommendation for those lifelong Republicans that you know are having issues with the current Republican Party because they are trumpism now is libertarian it's kind of their main focus is like minimal taxation and all that kind of stuff and i'm not real big on them but for the people that tend to you know as a political mindset government should be very small and minimal taxation and all that kind of stuff laissez-faire approach to the economy um libertarian is probably more of a better fit. Republican parties just that's not what really what they are. They're not Yeah Yeah, they're they're not small government or fiscal conservatism. And the and the way and then they picked Trump twice, so they're they're not Christian values either. That Trump does not represent Christian values. Sorry. I don't I don't know how that So in the New Testament there's the gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Read those, check them out for yourself. Those are, so they're Gospels according to, so people who, in some cases may have knew some people who knew people who knew Jesus, you know, the first Gospel was written like seventy years after Jesus died, so yeah, yeah, there was time that passed, but it doesn't mean you can just be completely dismissive of it. He wasn't a historical figure, he did exist, Um, so, you know, but... Within that, you know, there, there's, there's human frailty and all that. Humans are sinful. So, but, but there's a lot of, like, common themes through the gospel. So you can kind of read them and get, I think, the essence of the man or whatever and kind of get an idea of what he was about, what his message was. Needless to say, uh, what Trump represented throughout his life and in public view w- was very much the antithesis. Yeah, and he leaned into it very much clearly and obviously the antithesis a, a very opposite of empathy, you know more of apathy and destruction, chaos, greed embracing the seven deadly sins well Jesus was more being advised of being wary of these cautious they're deadly sins Jesus was uh, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you Trump is. Get even. Hit back even harder. You know, pounce on the weak, you know, take advantage of your stronger position. That's more Trump's view. Jesus is, "Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us." Trump is build a wall. Immigrants are murderers and rapists. Some of them are okay, I guess. You know. Are you tired of losing your job because of an open border? What does that even mean, you know? But it's that—all your problems are because of the other people. They're stealing your job, and they're murderers and rapists and violent people. And you probably genuinely believe that, yeah. It's—it's it's all their fault, you know. Um, and then, of course, and just somehow just ignoring that. What? Why are they coming here? What are they fleeing from? Where do our ancestors come from? Who lives in this country? What does it mean to be an American? Do you have to look a certain way or something and speak a certain language? Because there's been all kinds of languages spoken in this country since the beginning. Part of this country used to be part of France. Part of this country used to be part of Spain. And of course, the British Empire as well. You know, And then of course, there's all the peoples that lived here for thousands of years prior to European settlers, so. Big, vast civilizations, and Aztec and Mayan Central America there. So I mean, and then all the thousands of different Native peoples that lived throughout the United States of America for thousands of years, and they were very much of the land. You know, they were they were more advanced in different ways. You know, I think. Uh, Western culture has a certain perception of what advanced means. You know, European culture was more advanced than the native peoples. Well, no. (laughs) They're still evolved humans. (laughs) They just evolved in different ways. Uh, They evolved to a more, focusing more on a a connection with the land and stuff and living off the land in, in kind of a homeostasis for the most part. You know, of course, there's exceptions. You know, they were humans. They were pe- They were the people that lived here in what is now the United States of America. And they lived here for thousands of years. And simply because many of those people didn't build permanent structures that were meant to last forever doesn't mean that they were primitive. You know, we have a very strange view of what is advanced and stuff. You know, they, they were... They were connecting to different things that were... I don't know, maybe less, uh, well, certainly less monetary-based. Money, you know, land had no monetary value. It was, all land was priceless. That's why it's weird how history presents how they, what is it, the one tribe that, the group of natives that that sold Manhattan Island. But it's like, they didn't own it. It was just, but you can't own land. There was, there was no idea of owning, you just lived off it, you know, in balance. Um, But, you know, those ideas in this country are are fairly minimal, um, balance. Uh, It's just not really something our society really seems to pursue, and that's because, you know, when the European settlers came here, uh, there was, you know, well, there was genocide committed on the peoples who were living here at the time. Uh, and not too many of them survived. Thankfully, we still have some descendants of those peoples here today. Still, that is a good thing, because um, they are the the people of this land. <laughs> they came, they you know, they're direct descendants of the people of this land, and many of their tribal names mean just that: the people, in their various uh, specific language and dialect, because all the different various peoples of this land, we're all different peoples, as we should be able to understand in modern times, you know, it's a big, vast land with different geographic regions and temperatures and climates and stuff. Obviously, if you're living in a certain area for long stretches of time in this country and some, you know, several hundred miles from a different place, it's a different experience, you know, so you're going to have, and then just people are different, and people have different, each person is their own person. But all that was a lot of that was lost. All those, well, those people that lived here, you know. But I like to think that some of their stories and the messages that uh, live on, you know, a, a strive for balance, a strive for living off the land and not destroying the land. You know, is there a way to repair our society and get back to a more balance? Balance is possible, you know. Our society right now is extremely out of balance, you know, there's massive amounts of churning and burning, and most of that you know, profit, if you will, goes to a very tiny group of people, and they kind of just hoard it, and they just kind of hold on to it, and it becomes this weight that just kind of keeps pushing down on the rest of society that just keeps churning and burning, and all that... All that that output just goes right up to the very tippy, 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 very top of the socioeconomic ladder. And then the people out that very high spot on the socioeconomic ladder, they'll give money to Republican candidates, and then those Republican candidates and Republican officials will cut taxes for those people. So that they can pay less in taxes yeah. and then uh, they'll say that if we build hospitals and schools it means that we're socialist hmm. very weird That's not it's not socialism you know socialism is where every single thing is publicly funded so grocery stores you know every every single thing is just publicly funded it's a real dumb System. It where who you know what what I forget what the origins of that and why some became appealed to that. I think it's when you have you know such a laissez-faire thing where where nothing where every single thing costs to the point of extravagant costs and stuff. That's when some people start thinking that socialism is cool. Um, the reality is our country is a hybrid. We're not purely capitalist or purely socialist at all. We're a democratic society therefore in a democratic society people are guaranteed certain rights and stuff you have to kind of secure them and, and invest in them in a way you know you have the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness well, we, we got to you got to invest in things to kind of help secure those rights in a way you know otherwise they can get kind of trampled on you have the right to life do you what does that mean <laughs> Um if you're a live living breathing human being in this country what does it mean that you have the right to life if you get sick you have the right to get healed well yeah if you if you got health insurance and you got money to pay for it uh, no. <laughs> Now, medical pr- practitioners are not going to refuse service but yeah they they will send you a bill and if you don't pay it they can collect stuff and they can you know can they take your home away yeah yeah, yeah, if you don't pay your bill, yep, so, you know, um, it would be cooler if that kind of thing wasn't as prevalent, Where it would it, be nicer if it was just like, we have hospitals and schools, we have well-maintained roads and bridges and stuff like that, electric grid, um, there's plenty of food and water and shelter for the people to, that you know, because you need those things. And then there's plenty of businesses, though, too, where people can, you know, spend their money how they want, earn as much as they want, yeah. But yeah, you still have hospitals and schools, so not really really socialism, it's just investing directly in things that are kind of important for a, you know, a 21st century society to have, healthy, educated people, highly skilled workforce. Um, yeah, the Republican party doesn't want that because it's scary to them. What happens if you have a massive number of people who are healthy and educated? You know, uh-oh, what are they going to do? Are they going to keep, you know, I don't know, <laughs> are they going to keep shopping at Walmart? Maybe, maybe not, you know, I, I don't know, it's, 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 becomes less certain as to how they'll behave, I guess. You know, uh, fearful, scared people are easier to manipulate. Uh, Healthier, educated people are tougher to manipulate and to make do stupid things, you know, like invade the Capitol on January 6th. And healthy in a wide variety of aspects. Like some of those people were former military. Yeah, they look fit and strong and all that. I'm healthy in mind. You know, healthcare would include mental health. You know, those people got manipulated. Something went awry there, you know. There, I think there's other things that they just never worked out in life. And, the, and that's why they, the, the sort of insanity and sort of antichrist of Trump was appealing to them. It's because he was dark and menacing and, you know, and didn't give a shit about anything. That's why they liked him, because that is what he is, and they did like him, so that must be why they liked him. What's that about? What's that craving for the darkness about, and and why did they seek it out? There's no, (laughs) you know, I, I don't know who you're fooling when you try to pretend that Donald Trump is some righteous man. No, like, that's not what he's about, you know. And, it, and his attempts at trying to prove that he's like Christian or something—it's just kind of, was just weird and awkward? You know, I don't, I don't understand how he got away with that thing where he. There's a bunch of protesters outside of D.C. and so he has a security guard like fire tear gas at them to clear them out of the way. He walks a couple blocks to a church that's been closed for a bit because of COVID. He holds the Bible upside down and then has someone take a picture while he has this grimacing smile on his face. See, he's a Christian. What? I don't... How did... I don't... <clears throat> you know, actions speak louder than words, I guess. You know, it's like... So that, that action was a, a con- violently acting towards peaceful protesters and then holding the Bible upside down. Like, what is, it's just, it's like he was saying what he was saying, you know, like, like, he, he's not about that. He's even holding it upside down. I don't think he did it intentionally, or did he? I don't know. Um, oh, it's just frustrating. You know, it's frustrating because some of, some of his most argument supporters were Christians. People that go to church every Sunday that's frustrating you know it's one thing to like I don't know to, to be kind of indifferent toward him or something I guess but to be like to say that the teachings of Jesus are the foundation of your core principles and then to be a devout Trump supporter like what are you doing you're contradicting yourself he, he's no human is perfect obviously but like I don't know who you're trying to fool when you Trump is not he's not even making any real attempts to try to pretend like he's in that line. He he's he went in the other direction. He embraced greed and the other seven deadly sins. You know, he it's kind of the personification of it, the physical embodiment of it. And he doesn't look good. It's not a good look, you know? It's like you see a person you see their spirit like slowly wither away over decades his cognitive abilities have and again it's not like he was ever that smart but <clears throat> word salad you know is, is what you get with a live Trump rally and um but the walls are closing in you know I think he's going to finally face some kind of something that I think the people running these these cases are trying to get the evidence, enough information out and slow enough to, to kind of be like, yo, people, this guy's in serious shit. You know, I know you really loved him and stuff and thought he was the most awesome thing ever, but yeah, it looks like he committed insurance fraud and tax fraud and may have been involved in some sort of scheme to try to coerce political officials to change what the votes were yeah he was claiming fraud and it was him <laughs> he was committing fraud yeah he he was filing all these lawsuits all this stuff is going on and he offered no evidence and he knew there was no evidence but he was claiming it anyway that's called that's the fraud that's the, you know the crazy thing he was committing fraud right out in full public view but the main kicker, though, is really the insurance fraud, tax fraud case. That's a uh, that's a big one. You know, some cases, hundreds or millions of dollars in uh, discrepancies on certain items. And uh, Michael Cohen already testified under about this under oath before Congress. Like I think it was two years ago, three years ago. Donald Trump is co-conspirator number one. You know, it's just. <laughs> I can't believe the Republican Party still nominated that guy a second time after he was already named as a co-conspirator to a federal crime that co-conspirator number two went to prison for and did all the things he did under the specific request of co-conspirator number one, Donald John Trump. Like, (laughs) So frustrating. That was like criminal activity that he was involved in that his conspirator went to prison for. And that's just like one of the things. You know, it's just a long list of just shit. Screwing people over. Rifting off the system. Grifting off the system. And then just lying to people. <sighs> and then just kind of just moving on to the next day. You know, he, he might just very well contradict himself. Like sometimes like the COVID thing. There was a certain particular point where it was slightly political advantageous for him to say, "Get the vaccine, so he did and then but then some of his supporters like turned on him <sighs> so weird so i hope uh I hope more options get presented for the uh lifelong Republicans who are probably hopefully having some issues with the current state of the party, given that they are sticking with trumpism, you know libertarians. Decent option. I don't know a lot about the Constitutionalist Party, but I know a lot of my conservative friends tend to have voted that voted for that in 2016 or 20 because they couldn't vote Trump, and then you know obviously can't vote Democrat because they're the they're the socialists or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) To me, the Democrats are just the one other option, and that's about as that's about the level of praise I can give them. you know cuz they're all over the place it's just a whole heap of different types of people in that group they're you know wide array of political views they're not all the same and the republican pundits attempt to just sort of glob them all together it, it's just a weak weak argument you know but that's about all they got they just got to kind of distract you with stuff and tell you whatever you need to hear so that you'll vote for them and then they can cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations And then cut funding to any infrastructure bill. And then, of course, keep in mind there are some Democrats that behave that way. The two most famous ones right now are Mattson and Sonoma. They are basically Republicans, but they have D's next to their name. So it's a precarious situation. I hope more options get revealed soon over this next few months and stuff. Because midterms are coming up soon and... You know, it it just would be cool if our society could, like, strive for better and not, like, think that certain things have to be so fucking crazy and weird. Like, how about we have hospitals and schools and we take care of our infrastructure? Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's, there's be people that would get paid to do those things, too. And some of those entities might even be companies that get paid to do stuff. Yeah, why not? Okay. And then, uh, What people do with their good health and education, and maybe even a basic stipend. I don't know, work a job that they want to do. What if it's not a corporate job? Great. You know, more small business? Why not? Maybe fewer towns where every single business is a corporate location of some kind? That would be cool. These cookie-cutter, you know, strip mall towns or whatever, these just... Long corridors, straight corridors of just corporate location after corporate location. Man, they just, they just, they took over fast. They, I mean, they, they spread like wildfire. Once, once you bring in a big corporate anchor store, more will follow. Number of corporate locations in my hometown was once a population of about 19,000. Now I think it's about 29 or something. But once the Walmart came to town, boom. <laughs> The rest followed suit pretty quickly. Not a whole lot of, not a very, you know, big small business footprint in my hometown. Could be much better. It could be a real thriving, unique, cool town with like zero corporate locations, all small business. So economy that's completely like circular, you know, money flows in from outside interests, and then it circulates within, but nope, <laughs> uh, they want. They decide to go in a different direction, and so it's kind of a busy, hurried place, kind of dirty, losing a lot of its identity. A lot of big gaudy homes where there's not used to be a nice woods. It's a big Walmart where there used to be wetlands, and uh, you know there's so there's more big fancy houses. There's also more crappy shitty apartments too. There's more people entering their 19, 20-year-old range there and feeling like their best option is just to get out of town, in the, but not really sure how to do it. It's, you know, it's not a good town. It It's sold out, you know? And, uh, you know, there's better ways to have your economy than to sell out to corporate interests. You don't have to do it, you know? And I think when... uh you know people have good health and good education and even like a basic stipend stipend a little buffer to cover incidentals and stuff certainly makes uh, calculated risks far more easy ie you know starting a small business and stuff and But it's also hard to compete as a small business when you're competing with a big corporate location that might have You know 20 30 different small businesses that it can take the place of you know a Walmart One Walmart, you could probably have who knows how many different small businesses. My hometown, the Walmart has grocery, it has clothing, it has electronics, it has the car thing. So, you know, you're talking six or seven different businesses right there. It also has a sandwich shop. Of course, it's just a subway, but that could be a locally owned sandwich shop. So, yeah, you could easily have that be one big giant sort of you know, like uh conglomerate small business, you know, just like a small business mall type thing where all the different places, it's one building, but it's like six or seven different businesses, all locally owned, but all still fairly centrally co- located. But instead, it's a Walmart location, so my, huge portions of that money spent there is just going to leave town and never come back. So... So I'm hoping so hoping for uh, more options, hoping the people that do, have been voting Republican just stop doing that for a while, tell that organization starts picking better candidates. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated already. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary, thinking out loud.